You're listening to episode 21 of the Becoming Aligned podcast. Welcome to Becoming Aligned, where we'll step away from the busyness of our days to explore what it looks and feels like to create meaningful lives that align with our personal values. My guests have found their own unique way to navigate through the distractions, the pressures, and the expectations of everyday life. And in the process, they have discovered the freedom to be truly themselves, to tune into their own heart, and to honor their own unique voice. I'll explore what motivates them, what challenges them, and what strategies help them work towards their goal in a way that nourishes their mind and body. I believe everyone has a story to share, and then we become a stronger community when we're able to listen and learn from those around us. I'm your host, Maureen Ryan, the founder of Ryan Wellness, I'm a Chicago-based self-discovery mentor and Pilates instructor. I hope these conversations will serve as inspiration and as a reminder that it's not about perfection, but the process of becoming aligned. In this episode, I talked to Kate Strozik. She has such a lovely, grounded, calming presence, and she has so many beautiful insights to offer throughout our conversation. She's a Pilates instructor and someone who teaches others to become Pilates instructors through Polestar Pilates. She's working towards her master's in applied neuroscience, and she's someone who dabbles, as she describes it, in a number of things that fill her up. I found this part really interesting, and you can uh, find out more about it midway through our conversation. We talk about how she takes care of herself to avoid burnout, which she's experienced in the past, and I think it's something that many of us can relate to and maybe have experienced for ourselves as well. We discuss the influence of nature and how that's impacted her understanding of movement and also motivated her to explore the study of neuroscience, which I found so interesting. And we talk about grief and what she's learned from her experience with grief in her own life. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Kate Strozik. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the Becoming Aligned podcast. I'm so I'm so grateful you took the time to be here with me today. Oh, thank you, Maureen. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yay. I'm, I'm really looking forward to our conversation because we've just met a few times. And last year, I did some of the trainings that you were associated with through uh, Polestar Pilates. And I was just really struck by your sense of groundedness. You have this very positive, very warm energy. And it becomes clear pretty pretty shortly after meeting you that you have this this growth mindset and you're just this curious person who wants to learn more so you can share that knowledge with others. And so I'd love to take some time talking to you a little bit about that and just getting a sense of sense of kind of what helps shape you and how you nurture the sense of calm and positivity despite just, you know, life's challenges and responsibilities that we all have. So um yeah, so thank you for being here to kind of talk with me a little bit about some of those things today. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Yay. All right. So if you wouldn't mind starting us off, Kate, and just telling us, telling everyone a little bit about yourself. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I am a, a Pilates educator for Polestar Pilates. So I help teach people to become Pilates instructors or for people who are already instructors, they can take our programming so that they can learn our approach. And then in addition to that, I also teach something called the OOV as well as Mm -hmm. a really fun run conditioning program called Runity. But that's just my career. That's what I do. And it it feeds me and Mm. um, 
and and it's my passion and my calling. Mm -hmm. But then I I also think I'm multifaceted and try to keep my other facets of my life fed. And I think that's part of what helps keep me grounded in my day-to-day life. Yeah, I'm also a wife and a puppy mom and... (laughs) Uh, your puppy is so cute your puppy is so cute (laughs) (laughs) thank you I made sure I took him for a walk and he's snoozing right now so he won't interrupt us (laughs) that's awesome um yeah I didn't mean to interrupt you Kate but I love what you just said about like how you know your career fuels you and it's, it's something you're passionate about but you have all these other facets that um of your life like what are some other things that outside of your work career that um, really kind of energize and, and light you up. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I, I noticed that it was a few years ago, I really had to be mindful of keeping these other facets of myself alive Mm. because I think I was falling subject to, um, career burnout, which I think a lot of us experience over time. Mm -hmm. And then I had that realization, well, you know, I'm more than just a, uh, Pilates teacher or movement coach or, um, so in addition to all of that, I, I'm pretty avid about getting outdoors and going for hikes and traveling. I love to cook. Mm. Um, I'm a, a constant learner. Right now I'm working on my master's in applied neuroscience. And so cool. So it's just I always try to keep other little passion projects going on the side. I, I'm a dabbler. I'm not a yeah. – uh, I like to dabble in all sorts of things. Ooh, okay, that's interesting because I've had a friend of mine describe herself as that before. And when you and when you say that, what would be the opposite of like a dabbler in your mind? I'm just curious. Yeah, so I used to think it was a character flaw of myself, but now I've learned to embrace it and love mm, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for a long time, I felt like I lacked self discipline and focus. Huh. Like I, um, and and I have friends who really embody and embrace that, and it, it astounds me how good and how crafted and skilled they can get at a variety of things in their life. And for me, I just, I love the experience and I love learning all sorts of different things and pulling it into my life and into my other facets of my being. And so it's, it's that I like to do little bits and, and I never, I never quite go as far as to become a master at it or really skilled at it, but it just fuels me in a different way. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, it reminds me because a, a friend of mine was, oh, there was that program, and it probably still exists, where you could take different classes online, or you sketch, schedule online. I think it was called Dabble. And so when you say that, it just reminds yeah. me of that, just this idea of being able to try different things and test yourself in different ways. And um, I think that's great because I think we can often just kind of get down this one road or this one lane and just keep going on that, on that, and it's wonderful because you are you're mastering your technique or your skill, and you're becoming better at what you do. But I love what you just said. I think that's so cool, just to be getting different experiences and is challenging and to grow in different ways. That's very interesting. Um, were you always like that? Was that something that was a part of your childhood then too? Yeah, when I look back and when I think about it, it that's exactly how my childhood was mm. too, and. I think it might have alarmed my family and it had me confused for a while, but because um, yeah. I, I did every sport in high school. I was never very good at any of them, but I had so much fun because then I met, you know, all the kids throughout high school and I tried every sport and found what I really loved and what really challenged me. And so it was with sports, academics and, and mm-hmm. um, 
maybe those are the main things I can think of off the top of my head as a kid. Yeah. Okay. So I want to take it back to when you were a little kid here, Kate. And um, what were this? I kind of think I might know my answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What were the kinds of things that you would get lost and absorbed in and would make you lose track of time? Like, how would you play as a young person? Like, what were the things that you would get caught up in doing? Anything outside. I I could just, I could remember just being outside for hours and hours and hours, but feeling like no time had been spent. And and it would just be hunting for bugs or (laughs) building forts or I have an affinity towards trees. I just, I I can vividly recall every tree in the yard that we had when I was a kid growing up. It's Mm. just outside is kind of my, my home, I think. Yeah. Oh my gosh. When you said hunting for bugs, I totally had this flashback to me as a kid as well, like in the backyard and like with one of my best friends and just digging in the, in the dirt and just playing. Yeah. I love, I love that. I can totally relate to that. I could could see you too. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and that's interesting because there is something really grounded that comes across with, you know, in talking to you and um, yeah, I guess I'm just always fascinated or curious how, um, maybe what we played or what we did growing up, how that would impact us in our adulthood and the journeys that we take. And um, and so right away, just that image of being grounded, you know, um, as it relates to you comes to mind. But how do you think that, that nature has impacted the journey that your life or your career has taken? Do you think there is a c- connection between the two at all? Or is that, am I stretching things a bit? No, I, I, I think that the connection is very palpable in there. Mm. And I, th- I think about it often, but even from, let's see, like during, during very challenging times in my life, during times where I've been going through grief or mm. extreme stress, um, that my first instinct is always to get outside as fast as I can or to, to go take a trip and get into the mountains or go to the ocean. Mm. But then even with respects to movement in particular, I, I constantly look to the outside mm-hmm. to get inspiration for how to help people to better connect with their bodies because I think that what um, every every living organism has patterns that repeat like any mm. any successful pattern in nature repeats itself throughout all organisms or many organisms mm-hmm. and so that's we're not separate from that we're a part of that natural process yes. and evolution that's happened um, and, and so I, I find a lot of inspiration from that. Oh, I love that. And I just, I always think about how everything is just so connected. Like, you know, the body, everything is connected to each other and like nature and how we are all just so interconnected. So yeah, I I love, and the patterns, that's really interesting to hear you talk about. And that's part of what you're studying right now. Am am I correct in saying that? The neuroscience part of it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I haven't quite figured out where the, where the studying neuroscience is going to take me exactly, Mm -hmm. but that's something that, as I'm going through the studies, whenever whenever something speaks to that, it, it grabs my attention mm. pretty fast. Just just this idea that it it's continuous, and I think to try and simplify and understand, we try to separate and create board, yeah. borders and boundaries and rules and laws. But when you break things down, you know we're, we're all comprised of cells and all of our cells are moving and going through these chemical processes. And, and even when you look at tissue, tissue images, you can see these just beautiful patterns between, you know, the, the arteries and veins of leaves on a tree compared to mm-hmm. the, you know, the lungs and the human body, but it's, it's astounding. Oh, I love it. It's like, it sounds so, um, 
Gosh, like artistic the way as you're describing it. I know it's so based in science, but it sounds like almost like this blending of the two perspectives um, as, as you're talking about it. It sounds, it sounds like art in so many ways when I listen to you describe it, which I think is really beautiful. And so you're studying the neuroscience right now. Can you tell me a little bit more about your background and what you studied? Because you've been studying uh, or teaching Pilates for many years. And I was, I know you just celebrated a birthday recently. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's amazing that she's been teaching. Have you been teaching Pilates for about 15 years? Is that correct? I have. And you're, yeah, I have. you're like just turning 30, if I'm remembering that right? <laughs> yeah, I turned 30 on Friday. Yes. I, that blows yeah. my mind. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> what was that journey like for you? Um, unexpected, to say the least. Mm. I, I was 14. I used to dance as a child and I was injured while dancing. And I think my dad, I can't ask him what he was thinking, but mm-hmm. um, I think that just he was kind of intuitive. And I think the intuitive side told him to get me involved with Pilates. He had a friend who ran a program. And so I started the program when I was 14. Okay. And then started teaching mat classes when I was 15. Wow. And then the way her program was, you went through the mat first and then all the apparatus. So then I started teaching apparatus when I was 16. And, um, and I never thought it would be a career. I thought it was just kind of for fun and a hobby and mm-hmm. like the next thing from dancing. And, and then it just it, it kept evolving to where I am now. Wow. So did you go off to college and, and you study something separate than, than Pilates, I take it? Yes, I went to college and I originally went with the intention to study neuroscience then. Oh, wow. I changed, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I changed my major to international business. Okay. Um, because I also, I, I love to travel and just have mm. a lot of I love learning about various cultures and people and traditions. And so it, it aligned with that, that interest that I had. But so I studied international business and pre-physical therapy, thinking oh. I'd go for physical therapy school. Okay. Yeah. And then the, um, the neuroscience now just, I think, kind of comes full circle. <laughs> it was yeah. something I always wanted to study, and I don't really know why. And uh, now was my chance to do it. That's so cool. Okay. I love that you, you know came back to it after, you know, all these years. And it's something that I wonder, so you're not really sure what that interest was about. You're not able to, to kind of pinpoint any experience that made you curious about neuroscience as a younger person. Yeah, well, it's, well, I guess that's, there is something. Mm. When I was with my original mentor back in Cleveland, Mm -hmm. I had observed her in a session working with somebody who had ALS. It was a really young, a young woman who had was engaged and had just gotten diagnosed and mm. and it was a particularly moving experience where that made me want to go for physical therapy school and really had me interested in the nervous system yeah. but then I think actually I think my depth of interest I, I don't think I had the appropriate level of depth of interest in the okay. subject mm-hmm. towards studying it at that point in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think now it, I'm, I've come back to it because of what we talked about just with this appreciation of nature and living and interconnectedness mm-hmm. and continuity. And I think that's actually what's brought me back to neuroscience now. So for a slightly different reason, less about 
neuropathologies and more so just about ah. better understanding a, a one facet of who we are as physical beings. And this is so interesting because you mentioned earlier that you're you're not really quite sure what you're going to do with it, but you just had this strong curiosity about this and decided to pursue pursue it. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's I think that's I think that's so neat um, because I think so often we have these like areas of interest, and you're like, oh, another time, or I can put that off, or. Um, we kind of stop ourselves from exploring these things. And is that, is that just your dabbler nature? Is that kind of what encourages you to just give it a try anyway? And because I know you have a full life and um, I can see some people being like, well, that might be too much on my plate or um, what, what kind of makes you take that step to just try it? Would you be able to describe that? I don't know. I know it's a tough question, actually. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is a pretty good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I... I don't know if this answers your question, but I mm. think I just feel I um I try to live very fully. I just mm. I I you know, I as cliche as this might sound, we we don't know how much time we have and mm-hmm. we don't know the scope of the impact we can have and those thoughts don't stress me out, but mm. instead I just feel all the more driven that if if I have a curiosity I I have the chance to explore it and and it could stress me out, but I noticed that every time I sit down and I open up the computer to start studying, I, I get giddy. It's oh. it, it really feeds me and yeah. I just feel so excited and happy that I get the chance to learn this. And, and, and I guess if I dabbled in something that wasn't the right thing for me, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I would have that experience. I would probably say, wow, this is feels like a chore to do it and then I would probably stop doing it but it's more so like because it fuels me I I find the time and find the energy to put into it oh I love that yeah and yeah that's a really beautiful way of thinking of it it's just just trying to take advantage of all the experiences as much as possible that come across your way and that spark your curiosity and just exploring those and seeing um seeing what happens yeah I love it it's it's yeah, you're you're um you're reining me into the or you're you're making me think about the dabbler uh, <laughs> perspective. <laughs> I love it, and I am definitely like a big proponent of play. Um, and I may you know I love that approach, just like trying different things and seeing what fits. Have you ever tried something that was like, ooh, yep, I'm gonna do that once or twice, and I'm not gonna come back to that? Have you ever had that experience? <laughs> Uh, yes, oh. I have. <laughs> Can you describe it for us? Um, yeah, it's like, it's really silly stuff. Like I, yeah. I mentioned that I love to cook and mm-hmm. I, I have not figured out how to pickle things and ah. it, it has me, it has me stumped, but it also, I don't love it enough to keep working at it, That I just kind of thought, okay, I'm going to put that to the side. Got it. And, uh, <laughs> and instead I, I've been spending a lot of time making sourdough bread Ooh. and now that has me a bit consumed. I so um, want to so do that. Silly is that <laughs> the sourdough? Yes. I might have to like take you up on your recipe or find out how you do that. So yes. Yeah. But... <laughs> I'll give you some starter. Okay. Oh, that'd be awesome. Going. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just like recognizing when something isn't filling you up or isn't energizing you. It's like, okay, I tried that. And then moving on to moving on, essentially, it sounds like is what you do. Yeah. And it's never a waste of time because I think in the process, you always learn something. 
And and it's okay that not everything fuels and feeds you, but it's also it also feels satisfying to know that I can't be fueled and fed by every single thing that's out mm-hmm. there. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'll I'll start and if I stop, it's I don't feel like I've wasted any time. It's just kind of the next step in the journey. Yeah. And in the path. I love that. So you studied international international business, you said, correct? Yes. And pre physical therapy. Yes. And once you graduated, I imagine you have those degrees and you're you did you start working in any of those industries or did you go straight into Pilates? So I since I started teaching when I was in high school, I I just kept up teaching throughout college I and see. it was just something I always did. And even in high school I would go teach an early morning class, go to school, get out of school, go back, teach wow. at night. And it, it I just loved it. It never felt like work. It just it, it was it was I loved it. (laughs) And then so I did the same throughout college. And then after college, I thought um, I'd get some experience with the international business. So I was working for a coffee roastery and importation company. Oh, neat. But then, yeah, it was interesting. Um, That didn't fuel me the way I thought it would. Mm -hmm. And um, I was always teaching on the side and just noticed that I couldn't say no to more teaching opportunities. And eventually it made sense to focus just on teaching and put the um the coffee industry aside so and I'm glad I did yeah was that okay so was that a hard decision um to make that switch was there like were there expectations that you should be you know using that college degree in a different way or did you feel any type of pressure um that made it difficult to make that choice or was that something that kind of came easily to you yeah, it, luckily it came pretty easy, mm-hmm. and I don't think my um, uh, my family, my friends were all really supportive. I don't think anybody was surprised either, since that was what I always did. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it took a long time to realize that this could be a career. Got it. And also, I was doing this back in Cleveland, and the, the market was just so different back then. It was predominantly for group classes versus private sessions and you would drive all over town and it was um, not what it's like teaching here in a bigger city Mm -hmm. and and I'm sure it's different now back in Cleveland but that was quite a few years ago when it was like that so um, yeah that's interesting like so you were just kind of running around um, going to different studios or places where you were teaching and primarily doing group group Pilates classes at that time. Um, did you, like, how did you develop your your teaching style? Because I think there is just this very kind of grounded, um, something very grounded comes across, you know, when you're teaching your, your courses and things. Is that just something that's innate to who you are? Is that something you kind of take some time to connect to before your, before your teaching movement? Yeah, I think... That's a good question. Mm. I think that it is partly innate to who I am and my personality. I think it's it also my sense of maybe groundedness and um, and compassion. I think that also comes from mm. for the start of my career, I always felt pretty isolated. I think the nature of your driving around and just teaching wherever you can and <laughs> however much you can. Yeah. Um, I think I felt really a strong desire to have community and to collaborate Mm. and to to share ideas and learn from other people and I think that that really that really formed 
what's important to me now in terms of the education side that I, w- I want to be there to support whoever out there who feels in need of support. And I want to help to, um, to build and sustain a, a flourishing and vibrant and supportive community that's engaged. Mm. Um, and, and so I try to create that atmosphere within courses and within classes and even with my clients. Um, it's really important to my value system. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, yeah. And it makes me think, I think I saw something you posted on Instagram once where you were talking about, you were about to go into the studio to teach that day. And I feel like you had a routine or a ritual that you followed where you just kind of took a moment to connect to the energy you wanted to bring into that space. Um, can you describe that? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, you are. You have a good memory. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a little thing. I think I just do. Um, I I didn't learn it from anywhere. I think I just developed it over time where I just, for me, it's important when I walk into particularly my workspace Mm -hmm. that I just take a moment, I get my bearings, I get my feet on the ground. I just, I kind of soften my gaze. I look around, see the state of the studio if you know, sometimes, oftentimes there's already sessions going on and I like to just acknowledge the fact that I'm coming into a space where there's already mm-hmm. energy that's going on and mm-hmm. great work that's going on. And, and I don't want to be intrusive and invasive, but mm-hmm. more so just welcome myself into the space to get ready for the day. Yeah. I remember seeing that post and I just thought it was like a really beautiful kind of, I don't know if ritual is the right word, but just something to do before entering into a studio space or whatever workspace you're walking into just to um, kind of ground yourself beforehand. And because I do feel that we always do feed off of each other's energy. And I think some of us are conscious of it, some of us maybe not so much, but um, it does definitely, um, it affects me within different spaces. So I I thought that was a really beautiful practice that you did um, before, you know, beginning your, your work day and your time working with people. And I, I know working one-on-one or working with groups can definitely, um, it can definitely, you know, kind of wear us down if we're not taking care of ourselves because, and I can tell by listening to you, you're definitely doing your very best to be supportive of those around you and trying to allow them to be living and, and moving in their bodies in the best way possible, that way that feels best for them. And I know you mentioned burnout earlier and, how do you take care of yourself in terms of that? And have you experienced that for yourself in, in the past? And how did you manage that experience? Yeah, so I, I, the first time I experienced burnout was six years ago. And okay. it was early when I started my last job. Mm. And it was the first time where I was working full time at one place, 40 hours a week. Okay. And it was at that time, it was 40 hours of client sessions per week. Yeah. And it just was a, a very large jump and I didn't have processes in place to keep myself um, well nourished and taken care of. It meant that I wasn't, I, I'd get home at the end of the day and I couldn't stand the sound of my own voice in my head and <laughs> <laughs> from speaking all day. Yep. And, um, so, and I realized that some, something had to change if if I were going to sustain this as a career, which I had every intention of doing. Mm-hmm. And so um, that, that was my experience with burnout. And then the way 
and I haven't experienced it since then because That's I think great. I'm very cognizant. Yeah, for, yeah, mm-hmm. and because um, I, I think I put enough processes in place to protect myself. Like I, I, um, I highly prioritize my sleep, and I, I don't compromise on my sleep. Um, I I meal meal plan in advance, and I, I always keep myself pretty well nourished from a food point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always time carved into my day to get outside. And then throughout the week, I schedule myself sessions with, um, th- this year I've been much better about scheduling myself with sessions with colleagues. Because mm. I think that there's so much value to have eyes on you and for, yeah. and, and to get other ideas and inspiration. And um, it, it just feels like it's something that I do for everybody else. But, mm-hmm. but wouldn't it be great if my body got to experience that gift as well of receiving somebody else's services? And, mm-hmm. and I, I think we all deserve that. And so yeah. I just, I put more priority on that as well this year. And I've been enjoying it. Ooh, those are some good ones. Yeah. So you, you experienced mm-hmm. the burnout about six years ago and you're like, I need to have some things in place because I want to, this is my career. This is what I love to do. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's funny because it's nothing like earth shattering, right? It's like prioritizing sleep, making sure you're planning your, your meals for the week so you stay nourished. Um, oh, yeah, and the scheduling sessions with colleagues, that's, I know that's so important. And like, I'm guilty of this myself. Like I will definitely just kind of in between sessions or when I have time, just kind of get on a machine or get on the oove and do my own kind of movement practice or, in, in you know, but I don't do the things where I schedule time with a you know with a colleague or a peer to um, to have someone give me a session as often. I did it with you a few times, and it was really wonderful. I need to. That's I think it's just, I think it's great advice because it's just we're constantly putting our eyes on other people, and so it's not it's not only having that reversed, but it's also we get to learn and to kind of take away some new nuggets of information to now share with our own our own clients so I think that's I think that's a great great piece of advice um yeah exactly and and our our bodies only know the strategies that they know and it it takes it takes a new challenge or a new experience or a new set of eyes in order to offer up a new strategy Mm -hmm. for our bodies to try Mm -hmm. and so just meaning that like if I if I made a point to do five hours of Pilates every single week and three hours of, you know, running or cardio every single week, that's great. But I'm only going to be repeating the patterns that my body already knows because it's, it's, and and there's a lot of power from working from within and from your own inspiration. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I don't mean to talk that down. Yeah. It's just that I think that there's a lot of value then also giving yourself new input from, from other sources and from other movement modalities and other eyes and yeah and other colleagues yeah and I love what you said I mean those patterns we're we're just repeating this similar patterns and I think you know my background's in running and just how so many runners especially will um guess there's only so much time in a day right and you want to get your mileage in and you have to do the certain things you need to do to prepare but when we're only repeating those same patterns over and over again the risk of injury I think can be increased as well so there's just the benefit of just taking that holistic approach so that you can keep yourself healthy and um, 
and strong as much as possible too. And I know that was something that I had to learn the hard way for myself <laughs> over the years. So <laughs> I like how, how you phrased it just made me think of that. And it's just like another kind of reminder of the benefit of doing things that are outside of the patterns that you've already established for yourself. So, um, yeah, yeah. interesting. And, you know, actually, I, I like to give credit where credit is due. And mm. I think that, um, and you got to meet him, but one, the mm. founder of Runity, I think he was a big, big source of inspiration and understanding um, or helped me to understand the importance of that. Yeah. And, for example, so the last time I saw him, he was actually teaching a large group of us um, he was teaching a large group of us educators different Brazilian jiu-jitsu grappling techniques. <laughs> and, <That's awesome. laughs> and it's just the joy of being a beginner at something, but also trying uh, some new movement modality that you've never done before. You, you gain so much insight, and it's so playful, too, on top of everything. Uh, I love that. Okay. I love that. There's like two things I think I want to dive into. First of all, yeah, I met you through – so the two the first two courses I took were – the OOV Level 1, which I just think that's such a cool piece of equipment. I don't – yeah, equipment, I guess that's what I'm going to call it, um, or modality. But then I took Level 1 and Level 2 with you, um, or with Daniel, and I'm blanking on his last name. He's the one who created it. Um, what is oh, his last Vladetta. name? Vladetta. Okay, yes. And then um, I took the uh, the Renity course with you, which was – it was really wonderful because it did take that playful approach. And – um, I really enjoyed both like all those experience because there was that, that element of play that I think crossed, um, both of those courses and this kind of idea of exploration. And, um, you just said joy of joy of being a beginner. And I found that it kind of struck me because I think sometimes so many of us can be afraid to be that beginner again and to make mistakes and to look like we don't know what we're doing. Um, so it was just, it was so interesting to hear you say that, that joy of the beginner, I don't know if you said joy of the beginner mind or whatnot, but, um, is that something that for you just not knowing what you're going to do, is that something that energizes you and you're not self-conscious about like, Oh, I'm not going to know what I'm doing here. Um, or is there is there an element of like I not know, I'm not going to know what I'm going to do here and what I'm doing here exactly, but I'm just going to put it out there and try. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's both. I think I experience both. <laughs> Got it. Um, <laughs> and it just depends on the environment. Like I I actually have a lot of fear when it comes to, like personal fear when it comes to things like personal training and yeah. dynamic strength conditioning and functional fitness. Um, just because it feels so outside of my movement DNA and, and I do, I feel afraid that I'm going to hurt myself. Mm. I feel afraid that I'm going to look ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then when I can acknowledge that fear, then it, I don't know, I try to find a way to laugh at it and, and yeah. to acknowledge like, okay, it's okay. Like I'm afraid of it, but that's actually all the more reason why I need to look at this a little more so. And so I, I, I do actually go for personal training sessions with this phenomenal trainer that I found in Chicago who who's helping me conquer my fear that's awesome (laughs) and then yeah and then there's other things where um I don't know for whatever reason I just uh, so I think it depends on the modality and what I'm trying like some things can induce a little bit of fear and I feel Mm -hmm. hesitant to move forward with and then other things I can laugh and like the Brazilian jiu-jitsu I could laugh and roll around on the floor and just (laughs) I know I'm not going to be a 
purple belt in Brazilian <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu, but I'm going to have the most fun I can have and trying something completely out of my box. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, mm-hmm. I know there's that, that, there's that playful kind of experience that like, that comes along with the, that course, um, like the Renity course. And um, so I just, I, I think that just when it becomes kind of more like play and it, it kind of helps alleviate the fear of not knowing or not, you know, being good at something or not knowing how to do something yet. I think just being able to kind of laugh at yourself and just that willingness just to try and, and not have it go right. I think that's, I, I think that's so important because as we get older, I think we can be just afraid to, to try new things. And so I love that you're conquering your fears and doing the, working with a personal trainer. That's, that's really cool. What kind of pushed you to do that? Was that just because you kept kind of bumping up against um, that feeling and wanted to push through it? What, what, what made you make the leap to do that? Yeah, it was, it was predominantly that, just running up against that fear in a variety of environments. And then also just feeling like I, my body would really benefit from that kind of work that mm. I'm very comfortable doing things that are slow, controlled, precise, mm-hmm. that are, um, but also things that are abstract and intuitive, like rolling around on the ground and um, somersaulting around like that. So there are those two ends of the spectrum that mm-hmm. I'm very comfortable with in. But when it comes to things like, explosive dynamic movements uh-huh. or um, just kind of like brute powerful movements that those are so far out of my comfort zone and out of my wheelhouse that if I'm, you know, if I'm trying to be multifaceted mentally and physically, mm-hmm. then um, I, I knew I would have to face it. Oh, yeah. You're just, you're just always, you strike me as someone who's just always trying to learn and to grow. And if there's an area that you're like, let's just see if I can kind of challenge myself in a way and, and uh, try something new and improve a new aspect of myself. It just, it seems, it, but it doesn't seem like you're trying to improve things. It just seems like you're trying to grow as a person, which I think is really, is really, really beautiful. Um, were there like any influential like books, movies, like or documentaries that like kind of helped shape you and um, encourage you kind of along this path and the journey of of trying new things? Or it, like, does that come from lessons you've learned from others, or or is it just really something that's kind of innate to you? Do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I I saw that that question when I was reading mm. your prompts. That one stumped me in particular when I read it, and I thought I'm going to have to. Um, think mm. hard on this one and I actually haven't come up with an idea on it I I don't think it you know I, I appreciate movies and documentaries I enjoy them I love to read books mm-hmm. and a variety of books um, but but there hasn't ever been like one book or one documentary that's been pivotal for me yeah um, it, it's I think it's I think it actually mostly is being outside and and I think it's innate to my personality. I, I think my dad had a big influence on me and, mm-hmm. and who I am and my value system. So I think largely him and and uh, nature, probably mm. those two are were my biggest sculptors. Yeah. Now, you mentioned overcoming grief earlier. And um, would you be okay if, if I asked you about that? Because um, would you be able to share a little bit about that experience for yourself and how that might have shaped you? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. So 
It was in 2014 that my dad passed away pretty suddenly and unexpectedly. And it just, um, I think it just shook, it shook me quite a bit as I I think it would anybody. Mm. But since I'd always been particularly close with him, Mm -hmm. I think it it left me feeling a little unsettled and rattled. and, um, And I also had been his first responder and so there was a little bit of the trying to recover from um, administering CPR, which is quite a thing you don't appreciate yes. until you go through, I think. I can only imagine. Um, can't even so, imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, it took quite a few years to, it wasn't all that long ago, but yeah. I'd say it took maybe three or four years to feel like I got out on the other side of it, where it's still very much an experience that I've gone through. But, um, but I have a much, I have a sustainable relationship with that experience now Mm. and I'm able to focus on moving forward again. Yeah. And And I I don't know. I wasn't sure, you know, I, I I heard you talk about your dad a few times throughout our conversation today and I, um, I thought I picked up on the past tense and I wasn't, I wasn't sure. So I'm so sorry for your loss, but as I listen to you talk, it seems like you have really I don't know I don't it seems like you've really grown or allowed yourself to I don't know was there was there a lot of processing was there a lot of healing I imagine and this probably still continues to be that uh you had to experience after after going through that yeah it was pretty wretched and it, mm. it was really difficult I think the dabbler in me I was trying to find like, well, will this help? Will this help? Will that help? And mm. I tried all sorts of things. And then I think I felt all the more angry by nothing helping. But mm. of course, nothing can help. That's just right. an experience that you have to travel through and and fully let yourself experience. But so, so I think it took me maybe a little longer to get out of the acute grieving stage because okay. I was maybe trying too hard to fix everything myself. Uh, yeah. Um, so I had to kind of learn to... Um, to sit back, to relax, to let myself experience it. And also to trust my, to trust what I knew about myself, like to, to trust the fact that I, when I sense the need to, I, I need to get outside. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to go for hikes. I, I need to breathe. I need to, to be quiet. I, um, so I think I, I, through the experience, I think I learned a lot about myself and how to better take care of myself mm. and to maybe lower my own expectations. And, and, um, and I, so I think in the end, it's, it all will have been very helpful, although a, pr- a pretty wretched yeah. <laughs> experience. No, but. absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, that trust in yourself, like, it seems like you just have a really strong, like intuition, um, that, if you're able to listen to it, it, it seems like it, it, it serves you and is able to guide you to do those things that, that, um, that light you up. And I, um, yeah, it's interesting to hear you, to hear you talk about how that you, like you can almost fall into that trap of trying to like fix yourself as you were going through an experience, a challenging experience or grieving, especially. And there's, it's, there's no way of fixing ourselves in those situations. It's just like you said, traveling through and, Gosh, that can be so hard to, that can be so hard to accept sometimes, can't it? Like just because we want to, there's this instinct to try to make things better. Um, 
And so I, I, I really appreciate what you said, just learning to trust yourself and your instincts and to allow yourself to travel through the, the, the experience and the, the journey of that um, in, order to, in order to heal and continue to heal, I'm sure. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I oh, was, yeah, yeah I, I was just wanting to come back to that because I do think, I, I heard you mention it earlier and I know challenging moments just, they, I, I think they can teach us so much about ourselves and, um, and sometimes the good moments, we, we, we see them, but we don't always yeah. learn as much through those for some reason. I almost wish we did. <laughs> because it seems like it'd be more pleasant. But I think when we allow ourselves to maybe, I, you know, it's like this allowing ourselves to feel too. Um, you know, something I'm talking, you know, a lot about with the things I'm putting out there online right now. And I just think it's, we, we can resist feeling, um, especially like the sad feelings and, you know, this idea of us being like, so I think sometimes we're expected to be just positive and optimistic and all that all the time. And, and people who are that way, most of the time, um, you almost feel like, and I don't know if you felt this way, but you almost feel like it's not okay to kind of have those sad or dark moments, you know, almost like push, you can push those aside sometimes. So it, it sounds like you actually allowed yourself to feel those, to feel those feelings and, and and to allow yourself to heal. I'm not sure. Does that resonate at all, Kate, or is that am I off base? No, no, that resonates. And of course, when you articulate it after the fact, it sounds like neat and pretty and <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> a smooth process. It was it was a very rocky and um, and yeah, and not pretty and not pleasant. But I I think then we have to. We have to experience that and let ourselves experience that. And then I think an, also a an unanticipated effect of my personal experience going through that was I feel so much more connected to people around me, too, because you start mm-hmm. to realize that as much as my experience was unique and, and rattling to me, mm-hmm. uh, everybody around me has had an experience like that. And it's, it's all relative to them, regardless of you know, what, what exactly happened. It's, we've all, that's the course of humanity and going through life. And, and I think allowing, allowing yourself to sit in that and acknowledge it helped me to feel more, more connected to the people Mm. around me. And I think helped me to slow down and be more appreciative and, and, and focus on my relationships more than I ever had before. Mm. Oh yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, I uh, yeah I, I remember having this experience with a um, a friend of mine who had lost a, a lost a parent, and we were all there to you know support her um, afterwards. And she wanted to go to the mall, and we were walking around the mall, and I was just thinking to myself like people can be walking by us right now and have no idea what my friend is going through. Like we just look like a group of girls going through the mall and shopping and stuff. It's like, you just, you don't really realize what we are all going through and we're all experiencing. And I think when you have these like lim- these moments where you, you can, you can kind of ex- experience that or, cause we all do experience like loss and grief and it's just, I don't know, it, it is, it can be like such a way of connecting ourselves to each other if we allow it to be. And I, I love how you said mm-hmm. that it makes you feel even closer to other people. And I, I feel like, the, you know, that moment in particular to me for myself was just this moment of, of trying to understand, like, you don't know what other people are going through in, in their day-to-day lives. Like, we just, 
we don't always show, we often don't show that, that, that side to others. So um, let me have a little bit more compassion and empathy towards people and um, not maybe take things personally if someone was having a rough day or whatnot and they were, you know, so it's just, yeah, anyway, I'm kind of rambling about that, but that was, we just don't know. And I'd love how you said it's a way of connecting um, and putting your relationships even more, more, um, more of a priority in your life. That's really beautiful. Um, yeah. So I feel like we've kind of talked about this, but what are you learning, discovering right now in your life? And like how, okay, maybe we didn't talk about this. How do you make time for this? Like, how is this something <laughs> that you actually have time to do? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, from our conversation so far, you might have um, realized I might not be like the most organized or structured person. <laughs> and so <laughs> I don't know. I don't necessarily have a great way that I go about things. I just, um, for me, like sleep is priority number one. And, as long, and then the rest of my day, it's just, I, I schedule in my clients, I schedule in meetings and appointments and things like that. And then my free time, I just, I try not to waste it. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm tired and I need to like kind of quiet down and restore, I do that. Or if I'm feeling particularly energetic, then I capitalize on that. I just kind of mm. go based on how I'm feeling in the moment. And I, hmm. I have my perpetually long list of things that need to eventually get addressed <laughs> but I also try not to let it stress me out I could get really stressed out by it if I thought about it um but I just I guess I navigate my days without very much structure or um or regimented <sighs> but it works for you yeah. it seems like it really works <laughs> for you somehow I, I could be missing a lot of things and I'm sure I could be <laughs> I'm sure I could be much more productive I'm sure I could be a much better spouse and um, employee <laughs> contractor I'm sure it could be much better but um, but I but I'm enjoying my time and yeah I think I get to it all eventually yeah well I think that's actually I think that's really cool that you are in tune with your energy and like what what's going to fuel you and how you can best use your energy at that time because you are certainly not like a, you're not a slacker. So, <laughs> you know, it's not like you're kind of slacking off on things. You're actually, you're learning and you're, and you're growing and you're helping others and supporting others in many ways. So it's just, it's, it's interesting to see how you channel, you channel your energy to fit what, yeah. what feels right for you at that time. So that's very intuitive yeah. though, I think. Like I, I think that's not something that a lot of people, a lot of people can do, but I think that's really fascinating. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think I actually, I learn from teaching. I learn by teaching others. Mm. And I think through working with clients, I realize that you can't work in conflict with people. Mm -hmm. if, um, if somebody's instinct is to do a movement pattern a certain way, I can't just go in mm. and say like, well, I want you to do it this way. Mm -hmm. You have to meet them where they are and, and never with, con with conflict between the two of you. Mm -hmm. And so I think by realizing that with my clientele, I realized I can't work in conflict with myself either. <laughs> and if I'm exhausted and I'm trying to sit down and read about MRI technology, <laughs> I, I'm not going to learn anything. <laughs> and so the, at first, if I can acknowledge like the state that I'm in, 
then I can figure out how I can best best serve myself in that time. And sometimes that's just sitting down and and watching TV or mm-hmm. reading a book or taking a nap, and that's okay. I yeah I don't feel bad about doing that anymore. But certainly there was a time where I would feel really guilty if I sat still for too long. But yeah. now I realize that that's just as important as the time spent doing things and getting things done. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Like I um. Yeah, I feel like for myself, too, I used to just always be going, going, going all the time and um, would feel guilty if I wasn't, you know, doing more. But it, it, you realize that you can actually, like, just be so much more present and so much more productive, really, when you're, when you're like, taking time to give your body, like, rest and recovery. And I actually, I was just telling someone the other day, I feel like this is going to be the movement or the, the, the kind of the trend. I think it already is a bit of a trend now, um, or shifting in this direction in terms of fitness and movement too, like just beginning to really recognize and honor, like how much our body bodies do need that, that restorative, that, that, um, that rest. Cause I think there was kind of that time period where we were just kind of hammering our bodies and that was kind of the accepted way of, of, um, working out. And there's a time and a place for everything, I think. So I'm not saying putting that down, but just a, beginning to maybe push like push up the idea of rest and restorative practices within our within our movement practices so I don't know is that something you're noticing I feel like I've I've just I just said that to the uh, the other day to someone and I do you, do you feel that that's true I want to believe that that's true <laughs> and that <laughs> and that's my that's my hope and my big dream for the future. Yeah. And uh, I, I think I have to open my eyes and see like, is that the, I, I don't know if I can say whether or not mm. I've noticed that that's the trend or not, but I, I hope that's the trend. Yeah. Um, some, somebody had explained to me that the whole no pain, no gain was a marketing campaign from a big commercial company. Hmm. And, and to think that the, and I, I believe that that was in the eighties. I'll, I'll find it and send it to you oh, too. Cool. Yeah. But so a marketing campaign in the 80s of no pain, no gain became this pervasive mentality and approach to how we treat our bodies with fitness. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's so fascinating. And um, yeah. and so, but I think everything in balance, like I, I've learned myself too, like I, I have to be pushed and challenged. I like to sweat. I mm-hmm. like to exert and I like those big dynamic movements mm-hmm. just as much as I crave and need those restorative moments. Yeah. And I, and I, I hope that I hope that other people or or I hope that that trend starts to become more more palpable. Yeah, yeah, and maybe that's wishful thinking for myself too, like <laughs> whether it's actually happening or not. But I, I do I do have this I have this instinct that it's it's starting to to shift and we're starting to recognize. But you're right, it is it is the balance. Like it's like honoring our bodies. And, and testing them and seeing what they're capable of and kind of, you know, getting that sweat and, you know, working hard, but then also honoring our bodies by um, allowing it that restorative time that it needs to, it needs to, in order to get stronger and to, yeah. So, okay. Interesting. I wonder yeah. what we'll have to wait we to see. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But I hope you're right. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Um, because it's definitely, I think, and even maybe for me, because I have been so much that that push, push, push kind of working out in the past that I have 
maybe kind of gone to the other extreme <laughs> for a period of my life mm-hmm. and done more of the restorative things. And now it's like, okay, let's start to find that balance between those two is, is um, something that I'm curious about personally. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for talking. I feel like we just covered a bunch of different topics and I, I really appreciate your openness um, with your journey. And I, like I said at the beginning of our, you know, our episode, I'm just so struck by your, your groundedness. And it's interesting talking to you more today and just discovering how intuitive you are. And like, there's this seems to be this trust that you have for your body and for, for you knowing what's, what works best for you and how to take care of yourself. And I, I know this might, might've been lessons learned along the way, but they, they really come across strongly when, when you meet you. And even if it's just for short periods of time, you kind of have that energy. And I think that's a really beautiful thing and it, it affects the people around you. So thank you so much for taking time to sit with me and, and talk a little bit, a little bit about that for yourself. Oh, Maureen, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. And I actually, I hope that the tables get turned and I hope somebody does this back at you. I would love to hear your thoughts on all these questions that you come up with. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I had a friend ask me, like, if we could uh, flip the tables once. So I might have to take her up on that. That's interesting. Okay. (laughs) I would love to hear your remarks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of nice being behind the, the one asking the questions, but you know what? You make a good point. I'll have to <laughs> put myself in the hot seat one of these days. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much. So. Uh, yes. Thank you, Kate. I appreciate that. And right. yeah, thanks again. I, re- I really appreciate you taking the time to be here with me. Oh, thank you, Maureen. Yay. I so enjoyed this conversation with Kate. I just love the way she looks at the world. As someone who has had an all-or-nothing attitude for many years of my life, I admire her dabbler approach, and it was interesting to hear how she felt that it was a character flaw, but now has embraced that aspect of herself. Also, her ability to tune into her energy and honor that was really interesting. I love what she had to say about not working in conflict with her body, and how she discovered that principle while teaching Pilates to her clients. It's so wise. And I think that's what comes across. She just has this beautiful wisdom inside of her that she honors. And I'm so grateful that she shared it with us today. What did you find yourself thinking about and reflecting on after listening to this episode? Please share my website, MaureenRyan.co, or on my Instagram page at Maureen underscore Ryan underscore. And if you haven't already, join the Becoming Aligned private Facebook community, where we'll keep the conversation going and dive into how we can stay true to our path and our own personal journey, even when it's scary to do so. Thank you so much for listening. I hope to talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Becoming Aligned. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Becoming Aligned and rate and review this podcast. I'm Maureen Ryan, and I hope you'll join us next time. Take care.